Thank you, Tracy, for doing our reading. While Peter was still speaking. Did you catch that little bit at the end? Now, I have to tell you, as a preacher, this reading cracks me up. There is Peter standing up there, like, trying his best to deliver this heartfelt sermon. And in swoops, the Holy Spirit grabs the mic. Everybody starts speaking in all these different languages and praising God. And, oh, my gosh, right in the middle of Peter's sermon while he was still speaking. Now, friends, I have had people fall asleep during my sermons. I have definitely had people kind of gaze off into the netherworld and drift off during my sermons. I have even once seen somebody comb their hair during one of my sermons, but never have I ever had anything quite this dramatic happen during one of my sermons. But let's rewind a little bit and set the stage because this is actually not the first time that the Holy Spirit has messed with Peter recently. So it kind of starts back in Acts 2. That's the story of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit comes down among all the believers in Jerusalem, and they can speak in all of the languages of all the Jewish pilgrims that have come from all over the world for the festival. Then, by the power of the Holy Spirit, Peter heals a crippled beggar outside the temple gates, and this ruckus ensues as all these people come running to see what has happened. Then the Holy Spirit comes upon him again the next day as he has to defend himself and John to the bigwigs at the temple for their actions from the day before. After that, the day before um, the story that we hear today, Peter has this vision that like changes everything for him. Because Peter is Jewish, as is everybody who is following Jesus at this point. Uh, and Peter, in this vision, sees a picnic blanket covered with food that was not kosher, that for him and any other Jews would be considered unclean. And in the vision, Peter hears the Holy Spirit say to him, everything made by God is holy. Now, the next day, while Peter is still trying to figure out what all that vision was about, um, in comes this man named Cornelius. This is the start of chapter 10, right before our story picks up. Cornelius is a Gentile. He's not Jewish, and he gathers a bunch of also non-Jewish friends and family at his house and asks Peter to come speak to them. And so Peter goes, and he takes one long look at this all-Gentile crowd, and he thinks about that vision. And he thinks to himself, well, if everything made by God is holy, maybe everyone made by God is holy, too. Okay, so he says to them, we all know Jews and Gentiles don't associate with one another, but I've had this vision. And so that, um, that is how Peter finds himself in a Gentile house, speaking to an all-Gentile crowd about Jesus. And that is when the Holy Spirit comes in and does the most outrageous thing of all. The Holy Spirit has the audacity to come down on everybody who is there. And it's just like the day of Pentecost all over again. They're speaking in all these languages and praising God, except this time it's not just Jews. It's a mixed crowd. Now, that, that is clearly a holy interruption, right? I mean, it's literally the Spirit is the one doing the interrupting. And it's this surprising inbreaking of God's grace and good news, and these former barriers are torn down, and everybody can understand each other, and everyone is baptized, and everybody goes on their way rejoicing. Praise the Lord. Thanks be to God. Most of the interruptions in our own lives, though, uh, well, first of all, they're not usually that dramatic, right? Um, but usually interruptions are not things that we uh, respond to with joy or praising of God. 
And I'm thinking of my dad. He was a kindergarten teacher for decades and decades and decades. And his biggest pet peeve is when he'd be doing something and kids would come up and start poking him, like tapping him on the shoulder. Oh, it just made his skin crawl. Now, from where I'm sitting as a mom right now, I'm thinking, what is he complaining about? A tap on the shoulder? That doesn't sound that bad. Definitely preferable a tap on the shoulder to kids coming up and like yanking on your clothing or yelling, mom, 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 repeatedly at the top of their lungs, or even like foregoing sound altogether and just running at you and tackling you around the legs. With kids, interruptions abound, right? They abound. But it's not just kids. I mean, stoplights interrupt our driving, construction interrupts our commutes, commercials interrupt our shows, ads interrupt our news articles. And it's not just little things either. Um, an injury interrupts our abilities, a diagnosis interrupts our plans, a layoff interrupts our careers. COVID, COVID, inter I mean, massively, massively interrupted our lives in our world. Somewhat conveniently for this story, uh, Pastor John actually just had surgery to repair a torn rotator cuff. So he's, you know, mostly stuck at home recovering from that. He like can't move his arm for six weeks, but he wanted to do the children's message because he's John. So um, I told him the scripture and the topic and he was like, hmm, life interrupted. What could I possibly think about to share on that topic? Oh, it's just such a pity that our Bible texts are not more relevant in our modern-day context, isn't it? Interruptions. They happen all the time. I just had to interrupt my own sermon to take a peek at my notes, for example. They happen all the time, and our world offers a lot of strategies um, for how to reduce interruptions. So for kids, if you want to reduce interruptions, there's the stop sign approach, right? or the one finger approach, not that finger, your index finger, like wait, 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 wait. Or um, what's worked pretty well for us, actually just ignoring them and then thanking them afterwards for being patient. Um, for technology, our computers and our phones have do not disturb functions. For Zoom and FaceTime calls, I just learned this, you probably all already know it, but there's a way actually to hide your self view so that instead of being distracted by your own face and what you look like, you can focus on being present for the people around you. Google Maps now offers the option of selecting routes that have fewer turns and fewer stoplights. Probably seeing your doctor for a physical every year um, is not a bad idea either. And those are all great strategies um, for handling interruptions. But our faith, our faith offers one other option for how to handle interruptions, and it's this. Are you ready? Embrace them. Embrace them. No, no, I know. Seriously, embrace them. Welcome those interruptions. They are a chance for the inbreaking of God into the banalities of everyday life. Anything that reminds us that we are not in control is a chance for us to remember that God is in control, and that is a really good thing, right? As people of faith, our time is not our own. Our plans are not our own. Our lives are not our own. They belong to God, and we belong to God. And whatever story we thought we were writing with our day, the story that God is writing with our lives and with the lives of people around us is so much bigger and so much better than anything that we could ever dream up on our own.
at the end of that reading. Peter has some pretty good advice for all of those people who are taken aback by this turn of events, the Holy Spirit being poured out on Gentiles. And he asks them rhetorically, who among us is to withhold the baptismal waters from these people who have received the same Holy Spirit that we did? In other words, the Spirit's moving. Let's get out of the way. That's good advice for us, too. And I don't at all mean to be trite about this. Interruptions, the events that cause them, the events that are caused by them, they're not always good. Sometimes they're just annoying, but sometimes they are hard, 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 even devastating sometimes. But any interruption can be holy. If we do as Peter says, stand back and get out of the way and let God go to work. And I think we can even go one step further, which is not to just get out of the way, but to go out of our way, to invite the Spirit in. So maybe what we do as we get ready for our week this week is we take a look at our calendars and we look at all those things we think we're going to do this week and then we take our schedule and we just, we just give it all to God, right? We say, you know, here's what I'm hoping happens this week, God, but not my will, but yours be done. We plan and God laughs, right? Might as well make the most of it. So, friends... May God protect us from interruptions that distract us from things that matter and people that matter. May God help us be focused and present and undeterred in doing the work that God has set before us. But may our lives be filled with holy interruptions too, ones that helpfully shift us away from ourselves and our own plans and onto God. And then, for all of life's inevitable interruptions, may they become holy as we find the courage to get out of our own way, let God go to work and invite God's spirit in. Amen.